Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Belly of the Beast. I'm Brandon Lou, Brandon Lou. And I'm the mighty Alicia. And we are looking good and cooking good here in our homes. Yes, it's um, belly of quarantine out here with uh, the two of us. It is what it is. I don't mind it. I'm having a good time here with you, having a good time in the kitchen. I am also having a really good time with you. I, I feel like during this time, because nobody's going outside, we've been really experimenting in the kitchen. And so um, it, it's actually, dare I say it, been a pleasure. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I am excited <laughs> every time that I'm into that kitchen now. Is it is it okay to enjoy aspects of quarantine? A separate podcast. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a separate podcast because that can take us the whole half hour as we delve into uh, the nuances of that. Mm-hmm. But the conversation today, you've previewed it already. We're talking about sides. We're talking about sides. Yeah, you, you had said that I've been making a few sides here in the house. Um, and 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 I felt like a lot of the pressure was on me. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're talking about because you did the cooking last time. We we're talking about something you made. So so now we're talking about, I guess, what I did. With yeah, the sides. I, I felt like we needed to do that because I felt like I spent all of last episode doing most of the talking and it didn't feel fair. So I, I want to hear from you. And I think our listeners want to hear from you. <laughs> Yo, voice sounds like. So <laughs> I think you just time. like seeing me in the hot seat because you know that I am fearful when I cook. I don't have Aww. the most confidence when I'm in the kitchen, but Aww, I, so I do my best when I'm in there. He does. He's 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 put me onto a couple of uh, new side dishes that are actually really tasty and amazing. And so um, I can't wait for you guys to join me on this journey that we're on together. So take it away. Well, I'm someone who really, really enjoys vegetables, and I feel like that's uh, probably the biggest thing I've I've introduced uh, as sides into the house because in my own... In my own home with my own family, I feel like not that we didn't eat vegetables, but we would have uh, a meat and a starch and not a lot of greens. Not to say we didn't have any, but we didn't have a lot of greens, and so that's something I try to implement as much as possible. Um, here in this home, I've also feel like I needed to test something out because Alicia does not like string beans. String beans are nasty. <laughs> <laughs> and like we eat vegetables in my house, but they're usually fried. Like we're, I've been black my whole life. I will throw some seasoning on them vegetables, but I will also throw them in the fryer. And see, I feel like when you limit it to frying, you, you're you're missing out. And I don't think everything necessarily tastes best when it's fried. Um, myself, I found that when I started working out and eating a little bit healthier, which I need to get back to doing because since we're not going to the gym no more, I, I don't have the discipline to work out at home. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. It's such a struggle. I've discovered I don't either. Like I, you know, okay. So I have my excuses, right. And they're valid. So you, so you need to work out properly and not hurt yourself. And my strength has decreased a lot since, um, not going outside. And so my kettlebells are too heavy is the <clears> thing. So I need like a lighter weight. And I also want to like be on my bicycle, but the blowing up of the tires and the struggling with the bike and then physically taking it outside and then the effort. No, nah, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. We, we're going to push you. I, I want to be pushed. I, I really <laughs> struggle. Not on the bicycle. Not going to push that. But but You should see the look I'm giving him. Why would you even think of that? But we're, we're, hey, that would be a workout for me. Look at the no, look at this. That would be a workout look for at this. me. I'm talking about innocently trying to lose weight. He, this man, talking about pushing me on my bicycle. I'm gonna get on the bicycle. He gonna shove me down the nearest hill. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about health, and I find that I don't really like fried foods as much as I used to. Like I would eat fried pork chops a lot, and now I don't like 
them as all, I don't like them as much. I'm I, sorry part of your health routine needs to be shoving me down a hill. Clearly I'm burdensome to you. Hey, here I was trying to just segue it back into food. You, you took this all very personally. And, um, yeah, I don't find everything necessarily is best when it's fried. Things can be great when they're fried, but not necessarily best when they're fried. And so I wanted to fry up some stream beans. Not Makes fried. I just face. said fried. I, I just said fried. Look at that. <laughs> I wanted to roast up some stream beans just uh, as a test to see if I can get Alicia to enjoy some stream beans. And uh, How dare you make me your test subject? And so, of course, I, I, I got them from the supermarket, got, got them fresh from the supermarket, chopped up, uh, chopped up those uh, ends, diced up, minced up some uh, garlic, threw some olive oil on there, and, and then something that I had not done before but saw in a recipe that I wanted to kind of mimic hey. was uh, I got some uh, mozzarella cheese. And I was putting mozzarella cheese onto the stream beans so that when it would pop out, when we got it out of the oven, it was some cheesy, garlicky stream beans. And I feel like little, just little things like this, a uh, uh, little bit of garlic, a little bit of cheese, because ain't nothing wrong with cheese, you know, uh, can really take something that you don't like, something that seems plain. And, you know, you... It really spruces it up, makes it really nice. I have to agree. Um, they were good for string bean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I know I'm being a little bratty, and I did admit this to him. I just didn't want to admit it on the air to all y'all. They were just good. Like, not not for string beans. That was just tasty. Yeah, and, and you had uh, made some peas. And I'm not a big fan of peas necessarily. Oh, I love but peas. But you've had, like, you, you've cooked up a side of peas. Oh. How, how do you make it for someone like me? Like, did you, like I know you didn't just open up a can and then just heat it up. Yo, you know what? Okay, so fun fact about me, actually, peas are the first vegetable that I ever had in life. Like, my mother, when I was an infant, she didn't believe that we should have, like, fruits too much because they had like sugar in them and so she started us off on like just pureed vegetables and peas were those vegetables for me i am nuts about peas there's not really any way to like fuck up peas for me so um i hate to break it to you but really i just cracked open a can of a and I poured them into the pot. I add like um, a tablespoon of butter, some salt, some pepper, a little bit of onion and garlic powder. And then I just heat them until they're hot. That's it. Wow. That was, all right. So that wasn't much at all. Yo, maybe, peas maybe, maybe don't just, require much work. They're just good. See, I find that when I eat peas, I got to put them into another side. Wow. And, and like I put, I, I don't, don't need that. I rarely eat peas on their own. It's going to be maybe peas and carrots or peas and mashed potatoes. I love mixing things into my mashed potatoes. Um, corn goes great in mashed potatoes. Yeah. Like, like I, li- I like when you go to a supermarket, a uh, supermarket, when you go to a restaurant. It, the supermarket is the restaurant now. True. Mm. But like when you go to a restaurant and I, I'm mad that I'm using this in exa- as an example, but a place like, ugh. Applebee's, and oh they give goodness. you your Applebee's shade is so unnecessary. And, and they offer you like loaded mash. I love uh, having things in my mashed potatoes. I, I, I like having corn. I like having ground beef. I like having uh, chili beans. Whatever you could throw into, um, you know, broccoli. J- j- I, like, uh, well, actually, no. Now I'm thinking about mash. Uh, now I'm thinking about baked potato and adding some cheese and broccoli in there. But yes, I like when I eat my peas, I need them with an additional side. So so even even just that little bit that you did, it may not seem like much. Like to you, that's not even seasoning. It's barely seasoning. <laughs> like my blackness is like you sauteed nothing. You didn't even break out the Lowry's. <laughs> okay, for those, of, for those of you who haven't been black their whole lives, Lowry's is the seasoned salt brand that black people use to make shit pop. Get you some Lowry's. 
You have like three or four different salt bottles here. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, oh, I'm branching. Pink, Himal- uh, pink Himalayan salt, mm-hmm. sea I'm, salt. I'm branching into the salts of the pale folk. Uh, no doubt. I saw a little container. I didn't know this was a specific thing that's sold separately. Popcorn salt. I didn't know that either. Like, like I don't know. We if, have it in here, though, don't we? Yes. I didn't oh, even yeah. know that was a thing. And yet... I think that's my dad. My dad, (laughs) my dad will like get like this idea in his heart and he would just be like, all right, so now I'm doing X, Y, and Z thing and I need to go and I need to buy all the specialty ingredients, specialty (laughs) ingredients, specialty ingredients. And so when I want some specialty ingredients, no, we ain't doing that. But when he wants some special ingredients, he goes out and gets them. And so the popcorn salt just strikes me as something that my dad did because I've seen that popcorn salt floating around, but I've never used it. Like when I heat up, the popcorn in the bag like it, it don't even need salt like it's just done like you open it and it's like the popcorn and then you just pig out and then it gets stuck in your teeth and then you brush your teeth and then it doesn't come out and then you're just uncomfortable for several days until that small shard of popcorn kernel that has slipped between your tooth and the gum finally comes out and then you realize <laughs> I felt that as you said it yo and then you just realize <laughs> And then you just realize how much low-key pain you've been in this whole time. (laughs) We're going to move on to one of your father's sides then. Let's talk about your father's salads. Your father's salads are amazing to me. I love his salads. They're very good. I've been told to be careful around his salads because... Because you're a voracious man who eats the whole salad. (laughs) Well, my father's idea of a salad is like there's some lettuce tomato, cucumber, salt and pepper if you need it, dressing if you need it. That's a salad right there. My father's not going in on salads. My whole idea of what a salad could be, I think, changed in, like, the early 2000s when all of the salad restaurants started opening up. I think the first one I went to was a place called Cozy, but now there's Chopped and... Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss right now, but I feel like every little uh, uh, bakery or sandwich spot has a salad option now. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. I'm quite sure, like, Starbucks probably sells salads. I don't know. Your father's salads have, like, everything in them. There, there, yeah, there's capers. There, there's... Yeah. There, there, there's peppers, there's onions. And see, there, to there. me, I, I never use capers unless I'm trying to make a remoulade. Like, if I'm trying to make a remoulade, then you will see me, like, break out the capers. But just capers in a Okay, so my father and I clearly, like, differ on what types of things we want in our salad. But he does make good salads. They are good. It's not my particular salad, but like a salad, it's like the omelet of foods. Like, you really could just throw whatever you want in it, and it's good. (laughs) I think salads can be extraordinary, or they can be really disappointing, depending on who's making them and what you, you know, what you particularly desire in your salad. You and me have had a salad conversation, uh, like, when we first, not when we first met, but as we first... Uh, our first couple of times hanging out together, there was a salad place that was by our school. Yes, subconscious. We've had salad conversations. You're someone who needs a protein. Yes. In your salad, like like if there's no meat in it, you're not eating it. What is? I wish I could see my face. Mm, that sounds suggestive. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, well, well. What is your preferred? Uh, protein in a salad. I like grilled chicken in my salad. Um, I've done salads with like steak, but I would much rather grilled chicken. Um, I've had a salad with grilled salmon in it that was really, really good. That's actually mine, man. I love salmon in my salad. (sighs) Yep. But the problem with um, salmon in the salads is that fish spoils really quickly. Like, once you put salmon into a salad, you have, like, a highly, highly perishable salad. And, like, I am, as you guys know, I'm little belly. Like, I can't actually eat all of a salad in one sitting. So it's like I have to be able to put some of it away. It's why I no longer enjoy croutons in my salad. Croutons are only good in your salad 
if they're fresh. Once you let it sit until the next day, you come back, that'll be a perfectly good salad, and you got some soggy-ass croutons in it. Get them out of here. I don't want to eat no soggy croutons. (laughs) Like, I've been black my whole life. If it ain't crisp, it ain't it. So, those could go. But, like, if I'm having a really, really small salad, like one of those little starter salads, you could throw some salmon in that. Okay. We're going to go back to me now. We're going to talk about another side that I made. To me, this is just another roasted vegetable. Um, Nothing special. But it ended up being a little hit here because you guys haven't had anything like this before. No, it's special. Um, He's bugging. And it was inspired by... I'm not, I'm not sure if it was a main course. Like, would you consider a soup a main course in a restaurant? It has, like, its own section. Like, soups and salads is, like, its own section, but it's normally not in the side section. I would consider a soup a main course, but Americans are fat. Is <laughs> <laughs> the problem <laughs> with, with this conversation. Like, I feel like I only consider it a main course now because, like, I'm little belly again. Like, right. if you hand me a soup and a salad, I hope the next course is dessert because I'm done. Well, there, there's this spot um, between somewhere between Bryant Park and, and the Times Square area. I don't have the exact address, nor am I going there anytime soon since I'm trapped in here. But it's more it's a bar and a restaurant. Uh, I believe it's called uh, Cafe BXL. Oh, Wait, we've been there. We have been there. We actually took... uh, It's BXL Cafe. I got it backwards. Uh, We actually took one of our friends, Kayla, there once. Yeah. Before our Puerto Rico trip. They are a sports bar. Um, I I think if you're wondering which sport, they're more than likely going to play... Uh, football, and I don't mean American football. I was you're, you're say, looking isn't it at soccer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a great spot if you're a soccer fan. Um, it's it's not so much a place I'd recommend just going uh, to for the bar to drink because the bar area is actually really narrow. It's like this pat that's the passageway that you walk to to get to the main dining room. But once you're actually in the dining room, there's enough room there. I, I find it comfortably lit. Uh, I like the amount of space that I have a bit available. Normally when I'm there, I don't think I've ever had issues with tightness once I'm actually seated. Now, there's, I would say that the lighting is like mood lighting. It is mood lighting, but I don't feel like it's necessarily romantic mood lighting. You can still see lighting. the menu. It's not yeah, like it, going to, what is that Thai place that I really like in Brooklyn. I think it's land. It's either land or sea. They're both Thai places, Mm -hmm. both located in Brooklyn, and I think they're corny for having competing names like that. Like, they're not even owned by the same (laughs) But, like, when you go in there, it's beautiful and the food is delicious, but you can't see a damn thing. Nothing. Yeah, and I feel like this is way more comfortable, because, like, you, you can go there for a date. Um, you can also go there with your friend, like we did. Uh, you can go with your sports friends because they got TVs there. Even yes. in the dining area, you can still watch the game, I believe. And the decor is very sport-themed. My favorite thing is that they have uh, they have chargers there so I can charge my phone. Yes. <laughs> they know their clientele. You know we need phones. But one time I was there, and this is my... It might have been my first time there ever going to eat because previously I think I was just there to drink. And I got a carrot and ginger soup. And so when I roasted carrots here in the home, I know that was a long segue, but I'm bringing it back. Uh, I roasted carrots here and I included not just garlic, but I got ginger on it, too. And it was only like one nugget, like not even like an entire... I'm not sure if that's nuggets the technical term. It wasn't like an entire thing of ginger. It was just like one little nugget piece of ginger that I cut up. So about an inch of ginger for those of us who uh, had to, who are not, <laughs> who don't speak fluent big belly. Like, you don't know how big a nug is. Like, we don't have <laughs> <laughs> So like an inch and a half, an inch of the ginger root. Oh, pro tip, the easiest way to peel ginger for this process is to use a spoon. You get a nice teaspoon, and you just scrape the sides of the ginger off. Yeah, I think I just cut it off with a knife like a barbarian. 
<laughs> but um, I took like three or four cloves of garlic. Again, minced it up, you know, got a little bit of olive oil once again. Um, so for me, I didn't think it was anything special. It was just something I wanted to see if I could try and do, if I could replicate the, the flavor of the soup uh, as a nice and tasty treat. And it was a smash here. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. I never had, like, carrots and ginger together. First of all, I'm not even, like, really familiar with, like, the roasting of the vegetables. I'm just like, roasting vegetables is I, but it's something that white people do because they can't season vegetables and don't know how to fry things. Which is a very sad way to, to look at that. Roasting I is great. I discovered that that was a sad way to look at it because then my boyfriend showed me the joys of roasted vegetables and... I'm sorry, white people. I do have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all knew what you were doing with them roasted vegetables. You tried to tell us, but we were too stubborn. I know when I'm wrong. I've been black my whole life. I know. <laughs> These vegetables were so good. I never had um, roasted. Well, I'd had, like, roasted carrots, but always in, like, something else. So, like, I'll have, like, roasted carrots on Thanksgiving when they're in the same roaster as the major meat so all the drippings from the meat come out and roast the carrots in the juice and that's delicious but that's the only type of roasting that I knew about like you just go and toss the carrots lightly in olive oil and then salt and pepper it and throw it in the oven I'm just like that ain't gonna taste like nothing I don't know what y'all want but no, the roasting really does something. The salt content in it really does something. The ginger and garlic together were a freaking hit. Like, we gave it to my parents after a while, and they were just like, mm, oh, my goodness, I've never had a carrot that tasted like that. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know which parent that is. They both do kind of sound like that. <laughs> yeah, it was both of them together. Simultaneously. <laughs> Like, what, what did you say you did? You roasted it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> is, is this ginger? That's my dad. <laughs> yeah. hey, he, he's the one that likes spice. He, he's, sometimes it's too much. Um, I know uh, I'm not bringing him in on this conversation. This is going to remain us. But uh, he was getting in touch with his roots. And he made some Rasta pasta. And he said that it was too spicy for y'all. This was his first time making Rasta pasta. Did you find it too spicy? Is it true that it was? That I feel like that's a trick question. Like, it was a little spicy, but at the same time, like, it's Rasta pasta. It's supposed to be spicy. It's made by Jamaican people. That's all they do. Yeah, it was a little spicy. So that's how it's supposed to taste. It was a little spicy. I can't tell, like, because... I can't tell if it's truth when your father says things like this or him bragging because he has a spicy palate. I mean, it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. He has, <laughs> he has this extended spice palate because he's Jamaican. Like, it's, it's hot out there in the island of Jamaica. Like, um, a way for people to cool down their bodies before we had air conditioning was to eat spicy food. You eat spicy food, you sweat, the wind blowing cools your skin down. That's how you do it. That's why people on the islands, on any island, not just Jamaica, like a spicier brand of food. Like, Caribbean people, that's part of their heritage. They out here with these peppers. So, I mean, if it's rasta pasta. If it's a little spicy, it's a little spicy. Like, you either like it or you don't. You about to eat this or what? And this is not the first time he's made rasta pasta. I actually... He completely forgot that he had ever made it before. But as soon as I opened the pot, I was like, oh, this is that super spicy pasta that he only make once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I still did some up, and I was in for a treat, actually. This rendition of it was actually a lot milder than usual. Mm -hmm. So I was quite pleased. I was like, oh, hmm. the uh, inside of my hard palate doesn't feel like it's about to fall out of my mouth. This works. I'm using your father also and his Rasta pasta as, as a, a way segue. to not talk about yourself. No, 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 because I was going to use it as a segue. I've also been trying little by little to get in, in touch with my culinary roots. Um, because That means a lot of beans for me. I've been pooching so much. It's terrible. Woof. This is uncensored, folks. And we're not just talking about <laughs> curse words. We are talking about our bodily 
uh, uh, functions. He getting in touch with his Puerto Rican roots. Every three seconds, you want some beans? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want those beans. <laughs> but but I'm also uh, I'm gonna allow myself to open up to ridicule and criticism because I didn't really watch my father cook. I didn't watch my mother cook. I didn't watch my grandmother cook. So I was making yellow rice for the first time. Uh, not the first time, but the first time by myself, actually. Like, last time I did it, I did it, like, you know, with my sister by me, or I needed help. I couldn't do this on my own. So I turn to a recipe by the only person I could trust, the Goya website. Yo. <laughs> Get it from Goya. Um, so they had me using... Uh, uh, things that I'm very familiar with, uh, the olive oil, green pepper, red pepper. Um, I didn't use the tomato that they recommended because I don't want tomato in my rice and beans, personally. Uh, I used the uh, chicken bouillon, uh, some sasson, and, uh, you know, I, I had me some rice. had some onion, you know, I think I said that already, but just in case. And that's how I made, you know, my yellow rice. It was delicious. Now, what has me tricked when I make it and versus when my father makes it, because I've, I've seen him do it, is I end up using, like, two different, like, pans. Like, I'll have a pot for the rice, and I'll have a pan with, like, the, the bell pepper and the onion and the chicken bouillon and the sasson. Mm-hmm. And my father, he'll do it all with one pot. And I'm like, no, man, I'm sticking to Goya. I don't, I don't, I don't know this. I, like, like I love you, Dad, but I can't do this off memory. I'm going to just do what they say. Uh. So I'm using that pot and that pan. So I guess that when I say that I'm opening myself up to ridicule and opening myself up to criticism, I want to know how you make your rice and beans, because I know not everybody is doing it the Goya way. Uh, so to my Latinos, how are you making your rice and beans? Also, do you even prefer using beans? Because there's a lot of, like, I use the, the, the pink beans. Uh, also Goya, because I'm brand loyal. It's the only company I'm brand loyal to. Kidney beans, folks. Are you a arroz con con habichuela, con pollo? How do you like how do you like your yellow rice? What is what is your preferred method? Because I'm good. I'm I'm willing to open myself up here and, and, and be better and do better by you. How, what is the best Latin rice recipe? Because, you know, maybe Goya ain't got it, but I loved it. I thought it was perfect. I thought it was great. But I, I want to feel comfortable like I'm doing right by my people. So you let me know. And see, I've been black my whole life. If it's yellow, it's Spanish, and I want <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't... I'm so not picky. I used to have yellow rice out the box from Goya, and I was just like, mm, this is perfect. <laughs> so, I mean... So, so tell us, Latinx people, what's going on with y'all? Like, I will steal your recipe. We will definitely, like, showcase it on the show. We've been reviewing recipes lately. So if you want to submit your personal recipes to Belly of the Beast, have us try it out and talk about it on our next podcast. Let us know. And also to my bean-eating people, do you prefer dried... Uh, do you prefer your dried beans and soaking them up yourself? Or are you saving time and using the pre-cooked beans? I want to know what you're doing with your beans because I'm just buying that red label. I don't, I don't like spending extra time in the kitchen soaking up the beans. Um, but I will admit I've had the dry beans. I think it might. I know it's better. I, I, I don't know why I'm... I think I might. I don't know. I don't know. It's better. I it, is it is better. And um, I discovered... When I got back to my own cooking roots and had to soak me some white limas, that one, soaking the beans gives you a better tasting bean, and two, it gives you control over that pooch factor that we discussed earlier. Because if you throw in some baking soda with the beans and let them soak in the water and baking soda, that takes some of that starch out that your body can't break down, and that is what causes the pooching. It's the starch. So if you can find ways to break down the starch in the bean before you cook it, you have more control over what's going on with your gas. So you're going to want to start with regular beans. I'm sorry. Well, today we're making burgers. 
and I don't want to talk too much about the burgers, but we are making burgers. Oh, yeah. But this is the side conversation. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what we like to go with our burger. Do you like, I think the classic is French fries, but is there anything else you like with your burger? Are you an un- onion ring person? Are you Absolutely a- not. No? No. Very strong feelings about the onion ring. I spent a lot of time not even enjoying onion rings. Like, I did not like onion rings for a long time. Now, it's just like if the onion ring is very specifically made, I will go for the onion ring. But it's just like if that onion on the inside of the ring is super soggy, get that away from me. The onion itself needs to have a little body to it. I don't. I don't want to just eat a breaded outside with a soggy onion in the middle. That's weird. Don't do that. Okay. But um, let's talk about the sides before we delve into the burger itself, because I actually have a lot to speak on the physical burger. Okay. But like, um, so what do you mean by like, what do I want to eat with my burger? Um, shots? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm a French fry girl. I'm a loyalist. Like okay. I, I want like a burger and fries if I'm going to do it. In fact, I dislike stores that sell the burgers and fries separately. We, you won't know. Looking at you, checkers. You playing. You playing. Doesn't Five Guys also do that? You playing. And yes, they do. They're playing with me. Like, I absolutely want the burger and fry combo. McDonald's got that right. I don't know what you're doing, Five Guys. Your french fries is dumb good. I think Shake Shack has a combo, too, but they're also... Uh, a little more expensive. Yes, yeah. like I, I'm salty about that. I mean, for good reason. Their burgers are better than the burgers are better than a McDonald's burger, I think. But do you think their fries are better than a McDonald's fries? Shake Shack fries versus McDonald's fries? That's tough. McDonald's fries is a classic staple. Like those are just some good fries, and we all know it. Um, but the Shake Shack fries have more seasoning on them. They broke out the lorries. Ah, you could tell. Mm-hmm. There's some Lowry's in it. I. All right. Well, I, well. I don't know. Fries is the classic side to go mm-hmm. with. It, 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 it's hard to even, you know. I was trying to think of other examples other than uh, onion rings. It's really just onion rings and fries. It's like I, I feel like the 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 place with maybe the largest. Stop rolling around. The place with the largest maybe selection of what you could get, with, with your fries. It might be like someplace like a White Castle. It's like you might be able to get like a Crave box with some jalapeno poppers or something. Oh my goodness. I know. <laughs> poppers, poppers are something that go with, bur- but I just, you brought up White Castle and I just, I, I want to excise them from this conversation. Not because White Castle burgers are not good, but it's just like, like it's, it's a taboo, man. You can't just eat White Castle burgers. You're going to eat the burgers and then you're going to be chained to the toilet for the next three days, regretting everything. Don't do it. So, so no, White Castle, I'm sorry. Until you fix whatever's in them burgers <laughs> that be murdering people, dear White Castle, if you are listening to this, everyone in the hood refers to your burgers as murder burgers. I wish you could see my face. We all know why. I'm not going into the whys. We have all been there. Until you fix that White Castle, we're not talking to you. No, she just gave a look that says she's done. She's I am. Done. So let's delve into the fries, because it, it, it does seem hard to me to uh, pick something else. We, we, we got the onion rings, we got the poppers, but fries can be enjoyed a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Curly fries, waffle fries, steak fries. Um, garl- frites. Garlic, uh, garlic fries, and yes, frites, um, which I believe are the Belgian fries. You got uh, cheesy fries. Shoestring fries. So many fries. Do you have a preferred fry? What is your favorite fry? Well, there are so many different types of French fry. Um, I'm going to narrow it down to top three. As a kid, I actually didn't like shoestring fries and was annoyed at their level of popularity. Like, it's not that they're bad, it's that they're very, very thin. And I enjoy some meat on my fries. So that's gonna go as my number three because they did grow on me over time. Um, And I do like them quite a lot now, the shoestring, but they were never my favorite. Um, I, my number two, I think 
I want to say a crinkle cut. I love a good crinkle cut fry. Crinkle cut fries were my original favorite. If it wasn't crinkle cut, I almost didn't want it. Like Nathan's French fries has the perfect, perfect crinkle cut. I love those. Those are a rare treat. A lot of restaurants don't even give you crinkle cut fries anymore. And so it's always a pleasure for me to see them. Um, I also somewhat... I don't know why I feel guilty about it, but I just love wedges. I love wedges. Like, do they even count as a French fry? I count them as a French fry. I do too. And I like wedges because I feel like once you see a potato wedge there, you can't get away with that bullshit level of seasoning that a lot of people like. Most people season their wedges, and that's what I want. A wedge fry is always going to have some extra just pizzazz on the fry it's gonna be crusted in something delicious it has some seasonings they broke out the lowries <laughs> <laughs> and so i have to say number one is the wedge number two is the crinkle cut number three is the shoestring and somewhere in like the 2.5 1.5 region i do love a nice steak frit i like them frites i find that when i'm ordering fries Nine times out of ten, I'm probably, if it's an option, getting sweet potato fries. Sweet potato fries are good. See, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was talking about regular potato. You, I thought I we were just talking about like the shape. Fry off the top of my head. Um, See, you just fine, meant fine, fries and jack. My answer remains the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, the frites, the frites. I really enjoy the frites. Uh, Curly fries coming at number four for me. That's a good pick. That's another one that, like, if it's an option, I might end up just going for that. Curly fries are also well-seasoned, usually. I feel like they're underrated. Very much so. But I also find, I don't know if it's because of the size of the fry, an issue I have with curly fries is because they're, there's a certain amount of potato there. So yeah, they be too the much. They give you too much with the curly fries, And man. depending on how they're cooking it, sometimes they could be the oiliest. Because uh, uh, I like a crisp fry. Very crisp. Like, 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 I don't like a soggy fry. No, I like it crisp on the outside and soft on the inside. Like, the, per- the cooking technique has to be perfect. Yeah, and I, and I think, and I could be wrong, because I've never really made curly fries. Like, never. Oh, I've don't never think. made curly fries. I don't have that spiralizer that they have. Look, my father, when he would make his own potatoes uh, to accompany a burger, my father would make chips. He would just slice up the potato into chips and potato chips, and that's a favorite of mine, too. See, I call those home fries, and I almost didn't even count that, although they are a definite favorite. My grandmother used to make home fries for us. Home fries, I think of... uh, Hash browns, when I think of home fries. Hash browns and home fries are two different things. If you order home fries in a restaurant, you're not going to get hash browns. It's a very specific thing. I I don't know if that's entirely true. I've had <gasps> places where I went to, like, I'm thinking I'm getting hash brown, and I'm, I'm getting home fries. Let's see, my thing is, and did I'm you thinking, order a I'm hash getting, brown? And I'm getting, like, when, when I'm talking about chips, I'm thinking about potato chips. I'm thinking about that. Like sliced really thin and sli- fried up crisp? Uh, slice thin and circular. And see, for me, a chip is only a chip if it has that crunch to it. If it's soft at all, that's a home fry. No, 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 no. It's gonna be. It's gonna be thin. It's gonna be crisp. Um, there might be some thickness to it. So some are probably, you know, thicker than it others. It sounds like home fries to me. I think of them as chips. Hey, you know what? You grew up in your house. You grew up with your dad. You call them chips. I think they're home fries, though. I, I, I wish we could, like, I don't know, share a screen with you guys so, so we could, like, see. But, like, yes, I think I like what you're talking about <laughs> is the bottom line here. Cool. So we asked... So much nuance in the french fry conversation. My goodness. Didn't expect that, did you? Yeah, no. There's so... Yo, Americans like potatoes. We really do. It, it, it's something that we make a lot here. You know, we got that. Idaho. You know, I know you're good for something. That's I like them up. russet potatoes. Come for me. 
How do you feel about uh, red potatoes? This could be, we could go from sides to potatoes. This could be a whole potato conversation. I think that the red potatoes are the russet potatoes. Okay. I like them. Okay. I like them. I also like fingerling potatoes less than the other potatoes, though, and I'm not sure why. I'm not a big fingerling potato fan. I'll eat them if you make them. I guess, yeah, that's true. If you not going to turn your food down. No. You, you see me. I'm a, I'm a disposal unit. I'll put them away. And it's a, <laughs> and it's a potato, so I was always going to eat that. I think that the best usage of fingerling potatoes, to be honest, is in a potato salad. And, like, still with regular potatoes. <laughs> so on the belly of the beast instagram page uh which is at belly of bob i was asking what is the uh food that you make best Ooh, and some of you answered so exciting and a couple of people did answer I'm very, i was very happy about that but yes. there was something that i noticed in particular one of you answered multiple times and we're glad you're very excited <laughs> but there uh, a couple of people gave the same answer that they can throw down on some salmon that salmon is their signature dish signature dish and so i thought that was really interesting not because there's anything particularly interesting about like salmon specifically, but at the time of this question and answer situation we just had, you and I both made salmon that week. Yes, I, I my, my sister, my sister has been just shoving it up in the kitchen. And if you're listening to this, I'm jealous of you. And so she'd been shoving it up and she's doing this thing in her home with her partner where they are making a shift into healthier foods. And so she sent me this, like, delicious picture of this, like, pecan-crusted wild Alaskan fish. And it was just so good and gourmet-looking. I was just like, ugh, this hell. And so I was just like, sweetie, I want fish. And so then we got fish. And then the fish was real good. So I was just like, damn, I want some more fish. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's compare recipes. And see which ones we enjoyed more. How did we feel cooking it? Because this is, the, the, even though we were just talking about potatoes, this is going to be the real meat and potatoes of the conversation. Ooh, potato pun. Uh, so, so the one that I made, or was trying to make, because you know that I felt the sort of way about it, was the honey garlic salmon. Yes. Um, do you have where you got that recipe from by any chance? Yes, it is from rasamalaysia.com. Mm. Uh, and that is where I picked it up. And they they said that it was going to be a very quick, you know, it was going to be a very quick dish. And it, and, and it was. It wasn't particularly long, but I was expecting this to go down a little faster than it did. Um, this is why I view recipes as a loose guide. I'm not sure exactly where I felt that I went wrong, but I needed you to come help and, and, and save me. Oh, it was so cute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He comes to me like like an actor who thinks his audition is failing. <laughs> he runs to me and he goes, I've ruined the salmon. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, how? It's been like 20 minutes. How you ruined the salmon in 20 minutes? I'm <laughs> like, the salmon is burnt up. And so I come downstairs, and the salmon is fine. Like, it needed next to nothing. And I'm like, sweetie, like, you you did this. Like, it, it's it's damn near perfect. Like, just relax. Just let it cook longer. Well, here, here's what they have right uh, written down. That the prep time was 10 minutes, and the cook time is only 5 minutes. That's the way they have it down. They asked for... The 12-ounce salmon cut into two or three fillet strips. Uh, salt, black pepper, a pinch of cayenne pepper, two tablespoons of honey, a tablespoon of warm water, one and a half teaspoons of either apple cider vinegar or lemon juice. And I chose the apple cider vinegar over the lemon juice, although we did have both in the home. Mind you, I don't even know where he found this apple cider vinegar. I've been looking for it to do my hair with for weeks. <laughs> That's what I purchased it for. It was in the pantry, and there's not great lighting in the pantry, so she doesn't go near it. How rough. She's scared of the dark. Uh, one tablespoon of olive oil, three cloves of garlic, minced, half lemon sliced into wedges. I forgot to pick up 
Um, some lemon wedges. I should have just added some lemon juice. Anyway, that's besides the point. The instructions were to season the surface of the salmon with salt, black pepper, and cayenne pepper, and then set it aside. Mix the honey, the water, the apple cider vinegar, and the pinch of uh, salt together. Stir and combine well. Heat up an oven-safe skillet. On high heat, add the olive oil. This is his reading voice, y'all. I'm trying to be, like, dramatic. Because if I'm going to just, like, read it off of a page, I might as well sound nice while I'm doing it. Pan fry the salmon skin side down first for about a minute. Turn the salmon over and cook for a minute. Turn it over again so the skin side is at the bottom. Add the garlic to the pan. Saute until slightly brown. Add the honey mixture and the lemon wedges, wedges into the skillet. Reduce the sauce until it is sticky. Finish it off by broiling the salmon in the oven for a minute or until the sophist becomes slightly charred. That is an optional step. And top the salmon with parsley and serve immediately. So, that was it. Very simple, right? So, it was asking for high heat, notice, uh, flame, high heat, uh, and... This was supposed to be five minutes of cooking, which already I raised an eyebrow. Loose but guide, I folks. Listened, but I listened to this website. Loose guide, folks. I listened to this website and went with it because they wouldn't lie to me. Loose guide, folks. Now, maybe it's because I didn't have the lemon. I don't know. Maybe I didn't add enough oil. Maybe you just wasn't. Uh, may, 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 maybe the Maybe the pan wasn't good. I don't know. You know, it did happen. I did get that char. However, the meat itself was not cooking all the way through. Bro. Um, I think... And, and I expect that because when you put something on high heat, you know, uh, there's a good chance that, you know, you can burn the, 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 the outer layer, so to speak, of your meat and not cook the, 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 the meat itself, the center of the meat. All of the meats, you will not cook it if you just got your fire all the way up on high. But this is what they told me to do. So I did it. And so after the five minutes had passed, and I'm seeing the char without even using the oven on the skin of the of the salmon, now I go and I, like I notice like only the, like, like, like the, 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 some area of it, the pink has changed color but when I try to cut inside the salmon and, and look at it, it's jiggly. That is that is a rare fish, and you're not supposed to have rare fish. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. That that was an uncooked fish. That was and, sushi. And so at this point, he runs <laughs> to me and says that he's ruined the salmon. And I'm just like, and so I come downstairs and I see the salmon, and it's not ruined. But he's just like, it doesn't taste right. It doesn't look right. It's gummy. Help. And I'm just like, okay. So I think I added a little more salt. I added like some garlic to it and I just let it cook for another, I want to say eight minutes and then it was perfect. It was perfect. He wanted to attribute the salmon to me and I'm like, no bro, you made the salmon. It was your creation. So how would you rate this recipe? So. How it tasted by the end of it was very good. I am grateful to have stumbled upon it. I would like to do a variation of this in the future because I'm not sure, maybe it's because of the parts of it that was burned, but I'm not sure if I got all of the honey flavoring that I would have liked. Oh, I added more honey to it. Um, because it was not five minutes. It wasn't. I could not give this a positive rating. Like, I don't, like, you know me, I don't necessarily like using a, a, a scale, like like a, like a star rating. It's like, how, how many fishes would you rate this salmon? <laughs> um, but I, I couldn't give it a, a particularly high rating with, when, when I'm following the instructions and you're telling me five minutes and I feel like we had to lower that flame and it was more of like a 15, 20 minute recipe. Yeah. 
Um, but it was good? It was good. It, was it good. came out well. I would give it a positive review, but again, you guys know my views on recipes. I'm very laissez-faire. I'm just like, he was always lying. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, a couple of days later, possibly even the next day... I think it was um, the very next day. I decided I wanted to try my hand at some salmon. He didn't want to make no more salmon. He was just like, listen, I'm done with this salmon. If you want more salmon, I'll pick it up. But you have to make it. I, 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 I tried. I did my part. At least for that, we got tapped out. I was discouraged. Meanwhile, it was a damn good salmon. I don't know what he was discouraged about, but that's okay. It, it's a whole new week. My opinion has has changed slightly. I'd be willing to try salmon out again. I'd even willing to be able to try a similar recipe, just not the same instructions uh, as recommended by RazaMalaysia.com. And so the salmon that I decided to try, I wanted to experiment with um, sugar, with brown sugar and salmon. And so my recipe is a salmon with brown sugar glaze, and it comes from allrecipes.com. This one is really highly reviewed at 664 positive reviews. So it got um, a four out of five stars. Uh, so what I did with this, the instructions call for one-fourth a cup of packed light brown sugar, uh, two tablespoons of Dijon mustard, four six-ounce boneless salmon fillets, scrap that, we just used one 12-ounce bit of salmon, some salt and ground pepper to taste. The prep time is five minutes, the cook time is ten minutes, it's supposed to be ready in 15 uh, this one calls for the usage of the broiler, so we're going to preheat the oven's broiler to 550 degrees, set the oven rack about 6 inches from the heat source. That would be, it depends on your oven. When you turn on the broiler, there's going to be a long vertical, I mean horizontal strip going toward the back of your oven, and it's literally going to like light on fire like Lumiere did at the end of Beauty and the Beast. And so that bit of your oven is either going to be at the top part of your oven or in the bottom of your oven. I personally like broilers that um, are in the top of the oven so that you get the crisp on the top the way you're supposed to as opposed to on the bottom but um yes you're gonna set it six inches from your heat source and you're going to prepare the rack of a broiler pan with cooking spray season the salmon with the salt and pepper arrange into the prepared broiler pan whisk together the brown sugar and dijon mustard in a small bowl spoon the mixture evenly onto the top of the salmon fillets cook under the preheated broiler until the fish flakes easily with a fork 10 to 15 minutes my adjustments to this dish were um, numerous, and it came out beautifully. So firstly, what I did was um, I took the salmon out of the packaging, rinsed the salmon so that all the gross stuff would come off, and patted it dry with a paper towel. That's an important step. You want to pat your fish dry so that the seasonings stick. I then took some onion powder, garlic powder, salt, and pepper, and just a dash of paprika, mixed them together evenly, and coated the fish on the top and sides. I then took my sharpest sharp knife and scored the top of the fish. Scoring the top of the fish is cutting delicately into the top of it so that the skin splits but not so that you actually have like a slice of fish. You're really just creating grill marks with your knife on the top of your fish. I scored the fish so that when the Dijon mustard and sugar glaze went on top that some of it would sink into the body of the fish and season the inside of the fish as opposed to just sitting on top. So um, after that, the seasoning and the scoring bit, after I scored it, I poured a little bit more seasoning into the, into the scores because I'm that guy. I also took the Dijon mustard and the brown sugar, which blended together way more beautifully than I thought it would. I generously coated the top of that man and I shoved it into the broiler. Um, the recipe itself turned out really well. The top of the fish, though, cooked a little faster than I wanted. It had a beautiful char on it, but it was a little too crisp. The fish was by no means burnt, but it turned less into a glaze than like a sugar Dijon crust, and I felt like that took away some of the flavor, unfortunately. So, since All Recipes has this on a five-star rating system, I would solidly give this recipe three stars and no more. Firstly, it required more seasoning than the recipe called for. It definitely did. The paprika balanced out the sweetness of the sugar, 
which was a lot. Uh, that's another thing that I would adjust in this recipe going forward. I would have it be a little more Dijon-centric than brown sugar-centric. It was a lot of brown sugar, and it aired slightly on the sweet side. I did feel that the paprika balanced it really nicely, but I would still add a hair less sugar in the future. See, I, now, I, I enjoyed the sweetness for what it was. I don't know. Um, you, you mentioned the brown sugar, and that's not something I don't think I've ever had on fish. I've absolutely... Uh, baked the chicken with uh, brown mm-hmm. sugar and loved it. You know me, I've got a sweet tooth. Yes. Uh, so this was a top-notch salmon to me. Uh, like, Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm like grateful to have had it. It's like, yay. And, and we had salmon two days in a row. Yeah, so. it was, well, I, mean, I could use some more salmon even now. <laughs> uh, I also just discovered the 21 seasoning salute from Trader Joe's and I really like that and I also sprinkled some of it into the salmon. I feel that specifically the 21 seasoning salute goes really well with fish because it has a bit of dried lemon in the body of the seasoning mix. So if you can grab that 21 seasoning salute from Trader Joe's, do yourself a favor and definitely get your hands on it. It also goes really well in um, the making of burgers and ground beef oh which i never talked about the patty proper but i guess that's for another day but anyway so um i would definitely scale back the sugar by not i think i would use a teaspoon less of sugar not even a lot less just a hair less in the recipe um yeah, and and I would cook it, not I would not broil this in the future. What I would do is I would cook it on 400 degrees in the oven, actually on the lowest rack, and I would give it fully I would start with 15 minutes, but I would give it 20 because again, this recipe was not done in 15 minutes. The top of the skin was just in my opinion slightly overdone. So, uh I would definitely reduce the heat in the oven and let it cook longer if I wanted it to crisp and caramelize a bit more on the top I absolutely would bump up the broiler and stick it up there but only for no more than two minutes 550 degrees is very hot well between the two of them I personally preferred the recipe that you got <gasps> I think I preferred the recipe that you got really oh. uh, I, I felt that my, well, we both agreed that the fish itself was good we were yes. very happy to be eating salmon uh, despite my fears and, and uh, feelings that I fared uh, <laughs> <laughs> which he definitely didn't guys but, but um, because I didn't get the the quantity of flavor that I was hoping for maybe like, the, 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 the salmon itself tasted great, but I wasn't getting the honey flavor I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But you, uh, I feel that your salmon was on the opposite end, whereas you felt that it was too sugary, or too sweet, I should say, specifically. I felt that, I like that burst of flavor. I like being able to taste the added flavor, and maybe for you it was... Uh, an abundance of flavor, maybe Only too much. Oh, I feel like it needed to be scaled back a hair. I thought it was perfect the way it was, and that might be why uh, I liked it uh, more than the one I got. But we wow. both are like winners here. Yeah, and I felt like yours, especially after I came and added some more honey on the back end, I felt like yours... The flavors were very, very well balanced. If I were making your recipe, I would have thrown some more paprika on it. I feel like Agreed. it needed more paprika. Agreed. Yeah. The, the like I, I, I understand that it was a honey based and I think the honey was supposed to be the star. But I'll admit when I first stumbled upon the recipe, I was excited about using the cayenne pepper and the paprika and mm-hmm. I really didn't feel like I got any of that. No. They um, need- because a lot of the people who make the recipes are actually afraid of seasoning and so it's not even spicy paprika just throw some more in there it's right 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 get it in there um wow so this has been a lot of fun this has been a lot of fun i've enjoyed talking potatoes and salmon with you (laughs) yes tell us what your favorite type of potato french fry thing is are you a chili cheese fry man 
And I, to the people that said that they really throw down when they're making salmon, uh, give us your salmon recipes. Yeah, I'd love man. to try those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not very hard to reach. You can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Belly of Bob. You can also find us on Facebook at Bob's Beast or just searching Belly of the Beast. We are available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, really almost anywhere podcasts are available you can find us breaker stitcher uh, all that pocket casts i think <laughs> i think so um you know so um yeah we're, we're, we're very easy to find hit us up if you got recipes of your own if you have any questions uh one of the questions that i was asking recently is uh what restaurants do you miss the most uh, uh well and is your favorite restaurant still open or is it closed right now new york i want to know and if you're listening from out of uh the city i know i know some places other than new york city are still uh uh, slowly opening up or shut down i know my buddy joe in jersey some areas are closed down so let me know don't forget to like subscribe rate and share belly of the beast content if you love it tell your friends and until next time you have survived The belly of the beast.